This episode of Take It to the House is brought to you by Mesa Trophies and Plaques. Now, take it to the house. I'm Tim Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. I'm Vic Herbin, and I'm taking it to the house. So many things that happen again over the course of a sports week. I mean, I'm talking about leadership lessons learned, devastating injuries, and you know we got hot fire takes for days. But I cannot start anything off before I ask you, how do you feel about that Lake show? I am just in awe. I, I, I'm ecstatic. I, it's hard to explain. I'm going to try to be, keep, keep it brief. As a Laker fan, I'm celebrating the last year. I'm celebrating the last two years. I'm actually celebrating the last 10 years since we won the championship. Let me explain. Last year, we had a different head coach. Some of us don't even remember who that coach was. Luke Walton, by the way. So this past year, Frank Vogel had to take a new franchise, a new team to the promised land. So I'm celebrating really purgatory for the last 10 years. But what he was able to do, how he was able to ascend the mountaintop. uh, Think about it. A.D. wasn't even part of the team last year. We had Brandon Ingram, uh, Ball, Hart, who had to be traded so that we could get A.D. So all this had to be done within the last year, just the last year alone. Let's not forget Magic quit. So ownership was in disarray. We had Jim Buss. Had to be, Jeannie had to take control from Jim Buss in the last two years. Magic was on his high horse. The one thing he did do, he assisted and facilitated getting LeBron into the, uh, into the fold. I get you. But, bro, but Magic, you quit on us. Before the end of the season last year, you quit. And now you show up. As we're getting ready to prepare this parade, Magic, now you want to show up. Magic, miss me with that. And then this year, yeah, COVID's the easy piece. That's the easy piece, but it's the start of a season, stop because of COVID, and the restart of a season, and then go back and go into the bubble to assimilate and learn on the fly. So Vogel, heck of a job that you did. Uh, Much props to you. As a Laker fan, I couldn't really ask for much more. So what you were able to do under these circumstances, kudos to the Laker man. And I know you got to take, I know there's something you want to share. So please, by, by all means, and I'll come back. You hit every one of my little you know, special nuggets of leadership. And, and one thing I want to you know, key on is organizational culture, organizational identity. You just spoke about it. What Frank Vogel and the Lakers staff had to do a year ago. Yes. An organization in shambles. Yet it's a yes. professional organization. We're talking about 60 years since they've been in L.A. in 1960. 60 years of professionalism. There's, there's reason why there's teams like Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics, San Antonio Spurs, and Miami Heat that have a great organizational identity and culture. Yes, yes they experienced significant issues last, last year yet they're able to rebound because they know who they are. They're champions. And I only bring yes. this relationship for, to, to, to make a point. Spurs, uh, excuse me, the, the Clippers share the same stadium, Staples Arena. You already talked about it, how this team is not the same team as last year for the, uh, with regards to Lakers. Only three returning players from the Lakers team came back. So you have three returning players, a whole new coaching staff, and uh, yes. you already laid out all the obstacles they had to go through to win a championship. Meanwhile, you have the Clippers that has a seasoned coach bringing two superstars. 
one of which who had just came off Kawhi Leonard, who just came off of winning a championship when he was just the only one insert on that team. We're talking about organizational culture, organizational identity. We always tease the Clippers of being JV. You can't share the champions uh, arena and be chumps. And that's what they were. You're, you were pretenders. They had all the expectations of winning. And when those high expectations are placed upon a, a franchise that's not used to winning, they're going to crumble. Again, not too many teams or organizations could go through what the Lakers went through last summer. We're not talking about three years ago. Last summer. So don't tell me you need chemistry when you had LeBron coming off an injury. You bring in AD and 12 other teams, uh, 12 other members on that team. So, again, when you look at teams like the Spurs, Celtics, Lakers, Miami Heat, they have a special DNA that they make that culture with. You're going to have the dark years, yes. Ten years was very hard being spoiled Laker fans. However, we knew who the identity – we knew who we were. We knew who we were. Yes. And so I think this, this year is a testament of the Lakers franchise, of how professionally ran they are, even amongst their adversity and their chaos, that they still remember, okay, who we are. And so kudos again to them. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm elated. And, and again, you just hit it. Then you have the death, the tragic death of Kobe. Then you have to experience uh, COVID in the middle of the season. And then you still have to repackage, okay, who we are. This is the longest season in NBA history. And, and go to battle. And they come out victorious. So I, I'm elated. It only leads me to wonder, this championship DNA we have, what is the future for the NBA? Because we saw that the bubble worked. No positives. That's awesome. That is great. Adam Silver proved his, uh, demonstrated his, his, his leadership expertise, his ability to think outside the box. But now the lesson that we have to uh, see that's learned is what happens next season. When the season does start, what is the future of the NBA? Adam Silver, you mentioned his name. You mentioned Miami Heat. Two things I want to say. Congratulations to Miami Heat. Uh, really putting the, putting the Lakers to task. Uh, it wasn't simple. It wasn't easy. Even though the Lakers were favored, you didn't come in like the whipping boy that maybe everybody thought. I thought you were going to get swept, and you made me respect you. Jimmy Butler, you stepped your game up. Uh, Adam Silver, not just Adam. He's the point man, the linchpin, and he gets the credit. He also gets the blame, right? In this case, he gets the credit. Uh, and listening to sound advice, making great decisions, and making smart decisions. I wonder how many other decisions were made or decided on that were actually scrapped or on, in the, on the editor's floor. But they decided to go to, as you say, repackage and make this bubble thing work. Zero positives also speaks on compliance. It's also talking about, it's not, you know, you lap dance Lou and, and others who may have actually broken protocol who did go out to get food during the, during the bubble. But even with all of that, they were prepared. Disaster preparedness or emergency preparedness, they were prepared and they made those guys quarantine, allowed families to come on in, success to them. So uh, Miami Heat, Thank you for an outstanding series. Matter of fact, I think it was game five, the back and forth, the back and forth and the end of the game. Great game, great game, but you came up short. And I believe because of your rookies and the way the organization is ran, that there is promise for you in the future and people cannot take Miami lightly. 
Yeah, I like that. And we start looking at Miami Heat. Who is the orchestrator? Who is the architect? Pat Riley. Pat Riley was a Laker. So when you look at DNA, and not only he was a Laker that he played for the team in the, in the late uh, early 70s, late 60s, coached the Showtime Lakers, helped bring them back to promise. He takes that same championship DNA and creates an identity there in Miami. And since they've been in formation since 1988, so you're talking about 32 years, they've got quite an uh, impressive resume, what they've been able to do. And again, to your other point, they worked with less this year than they had that they were able to. I mean, you had two significant injuries. You're number five seed, and you're knocking down teams like the Bucks, who had the MVP of the season. So I'd be really, and then they took out the Celtics. So I'd be very interested in seeing what they can do with a full year, healthy, and now battle-tested veterans. I, I think the sky's the limit. Again, that speaks to the organization identity and that culture of the Miami Heat team. I mean, so what do you think next year? I mean, I mean, the odds got us talking about a repeat. I mean, how are you feeling about all that? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Laker fan. And as it's presently assembled, why not? But I also see Golden State reloading, becoming healthier. Uh, the Clippers are still going to be the Clippers. However, they'll be with a new, new coach. So new leadership. No telling what uh, Houston's going to do. But I'm like... Any team that LeBron is on and AD, when you have two of the top five uh, uh, players in the league and healthy, by by all means, you got to be healthy to be able to endure. I, I, I like our chances. I like our odds. The other thing to consider is when is the start of the season going to be? Because we have just been through a, a grueling, really one year season, a grueling start, restart, bubble, which is like you're in, on restriction. So when do we get chance to rest? There are other teams who have been resting since COVID hit. So what is really fair? What is really uh, uh, judicial? And that's where Adam Silver and I trust in Adam in the restart. Uh, but I think that also will play into how we do coming out the blocks. And do we start um, celebrating, you know, a year long celebration and not put the work in? So you got to, there, there are people that are other than LeBron to include AD who haven't been here before and to sustain that discipline as though you've won nothing to remain hungry as though you've won nothing is the hard part. Repeating is very, very difficult. So this will be even harder than this, this go around, even considering what we've talked about as far as challenges this year, the last two years, the last 10 years. What are your thoughts? I, I like it. I think the one thing we will not underestimate is the power of LeBron's leadership. And because he has been here before and now he has redefined himself again, he's got my respect. We spoke about that last week's episode. So even with this time off, the work ethic that he showed within the bubble, the work ethic he showed on the court at what, 35, 36 years old, I I'd be really interested in watching how they do take this time off and be ready to reload. I'd be interested to see if there's going to be any uh, free agent pickups, but again, the dubs are back and that'd be really interesting. You know, this is now this Western Conference with a reloaded Warriors team, very healthy. Uh, of course, we got to still look at the Clippers because you still have two superstars. But it'll be really interesting as we're coming back as defend a chance with a full year. Uh, now a battle again, another battle hardened coaching staff. And I, I still put my money on LeBron and the team because I think the uh, there's a lot. Uh, Avery Bradley didn't even play. So I'd be really interested in seeing how we move forward with this. 
So when we start looking at, we, you know, we, we have to close out the NBA as hard as it is. We have to close out the NBA season, and, but with the expectation looking whenever Adam Silver is going to start it. But we cannot overlook the MLB playoffs. I mean, we're starting looking at it now, Final Four, two games that have already played in the, uh, in the National League with the Dodgers and the Braves and Dodgers getting the brakes beat off of them. And then we have the, uh, what the Tampa Bay Rays that are really coming up on the Astros. I really, uh, COVID has hurt a lot of organizations and it's also hurt the opportunity for, uh, fans to really go after the Astros. And I think the Astros got over this year because of their cheating scandal the last few years. So I really feel bad that the fans didn't get at them and it looks like they may not even make it to the next round of playoffs, but I'm really interested in seeing, uh, the Dodgers don't pull this thing out. I'd hate to see something happen with Dave Roberts because I really enjoy and very respect him, but they got to get a point where you either got to handle business or you got to got to go. Yeah, I feel that Dave Roberts is going to get the uh, Doc Rivers treatment if they don't go to the dance again. Uh, so you're mentioning the Dodgers. I'm a Dodger fan, and I said that a long time ago. So I expect great things, and they were picked. They, but, but you can't play on paper. You actually got to play the game. Watching the game last night, they really didn't show up till the very last inning. You know, I started as, as far as sticking, uh, moving runners and, and making things happen. So for those of you who don't know, the final four that Vic is talking about is the Atlanta Braves, and they're playing in the National League uh, Championship round with the Dodgers. And then you got the American League Championship Series with the, uh, um, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Astros. And so um, – I want the Astros and the Dodgers to face off in the World Series. To me, that's a perfect world. And that we beat, as you say, reverse it, and we beat the brakes off of them. Give them a little come up you know, a little revenge factor. That's what I would want. But at this point, because the Dodgers are down 0-2 and the Astros are down 0-3 in their series, that may not happen. Really, the Dodgers got to handle their particular business. So uh, it's difficult heel to climb, but yet it's not panic time yet at being down 0-2 for the Dodgers. So if they handle their business, I don't care who's on the other side. Let the Dodgers go ahead, handle their business. Dave Roberts, I think he's a fantastic coach. And you hear all the players, they, he's a player's coach. Um, but it's a result-based business. Okay. And the result is World Series or bust. Preferably, you win the World Series. I believe he gets the doc-like treatment if he can't make it out of the uh, National League Championship Series. Yeah, I hate. I hate to think that. I, part of me says maybe he'll get a Corona alibi. Maybe they'll say, you know what, this was a different season. Uh, corona, uh, the pandemic impacted how uh, you know the quality of play, but he can't even use that because you made it to the Championship Series. So you know, all bets are off now to even blame Corona and the impact of your players. They spent a lot of money on this lineup. You even acquire Mookie Betts in the offseason. I mean, this was supposed to be the year. This was supposed to be the year. It's supposed to be the year. So there's no time for not winning. And I don't even think you can even get to the championship or excuse me, the World Series and not win. I really think they're supposed to bring home the hardware this year or it's going to be lights out for Dave Roberts. And, I, again, I'd hate for that to happen. Uh, his, his record speaks for itself. But as you stated, it is a results-based business. The Lakers just took home championship. The city of L.A. is saying, okay, it's our time. It's now the Dodgers' time. What, 1988? Yeah. So yes. we're about to get back to that early 80s, 90s, where 
L.A. was title town. So you can't have this super lineup and produce dud results. Right. I agree. And let's let's talk about the Braves. I'm hearing reports that the Braves are actually maybe a year or two ahead of the game. So they even haven't even really matured. So uh, they're not playing against no Rudy Poots, okay? It's uh, just uh, a high school team. The Braves are, are, are bringing it. They have outstanding pitching, timely hitting, and they're hitting it out of the park, and they're making those, those base runners count. So um, the Dodgers really just got to match that intensity. We got pitching, we got hitting, but it's not happening right now. Being down 0-2 is not a, a significant hole that you can't climb out of. Talking about the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays, they got pitching. They have some boys over there that can play. So Houston don't have the benefit of cheating now, okay? You've been caught, so you got to play. So right now you're looking bad because you needed the cheating to get over, all right? You have talent. You have had talent, Houston, but you needed to cheat. That's what it looks like. Otherwise, your booty. And then your second baseman, I forget, uh, Altuve can't make the throws. Bruh, about three Errors, I mean, you can't make the throw. <laughs> Steve Sachs, I remember Chuck Knobloch back in the day. Bruh, you're a second baseman. Throw to second base. Throw to first base. Make the throw. What the problem is, I don't know, man. But the, the final four we spoke of, the final four are respectable in their own right. Um, but you got to, what, what did Herm Edwards say? You got to play the game. You got to win to play the game or something like that. What did Herm say? So either way, yeah, you got yeah. to play the game. And so yeah, you yeah. just can't do it on paper. You can't do it by spending more money. And that's where the Dodgers are. You really still got to play the game. Hey, I, I say, you know, to Houston and the famous words, Houston, we got a problem. Uh, because as you stated with her, we play to win the game. And right now between the Dodgers and Astros, there is a problem. And I tell you that if there was a time to cheat, they better start finding out whatever creative gadgets they got right now and start cheating because getting Molly walk three to nothing. I think that's a wrap on that series unless they come out of the woods with something. I just don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm coming off this Laker high. Really, I'm coming off this Laker high, and I was stating to family and friends is I don't want to come down, and the Laker watching the Dodgers is bringing me down, and I, I'm I, I, but being the fan that I am, glutton for punishment, I'm going to watch the first pitch to the last pitch, and and, and Dave Roberts really just going to have to push a few buttons to Frank Vogel's uh, case, make timely adjustments. You got to do what you got to do, you know, on the fly. Uh, sometimes if it's just not happening, it's just not happening. Kershaw last night couldn't pitch because of his back slated to go for game four. Um, but I, I, I don't know what their problem is, if it's between the ears or if it's just in between the lines. They've got to step their game up. I agree. And I think, like you stated, it's a long series. It is baseball. So the way the Dodgers bats produced in the late inning of, series, of game number two was very impressive uh, to the point where it upset me because I stated, why are you going to wait to now? Bottom of the ninth to start waking up. Let's play ball. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. game three, they're ready to play and make this back to a series it should be. But to your point, I had no idea the Braves were even a factor. 
So I'm gaining a lot of respect for them. But that goes back to the speed of uh, strong, uh, strong organizations. If you reload at, a, at the right time and you're in your window like the Dodgers were in their window, but now the Braves are, what you say, two years ahead of schedule, this could be the Braves' time. You could have just missed your window. And I really hope I'm, I'm, I really hope I'm, I'm misspeaking, but the Dodgers need to wake up and they need to make this a series that's supposed to be and make it to the World Series. And uh, look like they're probably facing the Tampa Bay Rays. So we'll see how that all uh, pans out. So we got to talk about the, the elephant in the room, the NFL, the most devastating injury I could probably think of since last year's Alex Smith, the Joe Theismann, this Dak Prescott injury on the heels of him trying to get this new contract. What are your thoughts on that? Dak's injury, and I, I, I probably speak for a lot of the uh, Cowboy fans, devastating. Devastating. One, he's a good guy. He really is just a humble cat who uh, is honing his craft and putting the time in to be perfect at his craft. So perfect, really. He's leading the league in passing yards and many other statistics. He just doesn't, doesn't have the defense to go with it. But for Dak, in particular, suffered a compound fracture meaning a bone was sticking through the skin, okay? So if most of us have seen it, then you saw how grotesquely the ankle had turned. So uh, he had to have surgery immediately to stabilize, probably screws and plates were, were put in there. Um, but thank goodness for modern medicine, uh, they're predict predicting about four, five to six months that he'll be back. I'm, I'm actually thinking because of, uh, the, the treatment that he'll be getting, which is around the clock. And that is his only job to get back onto the field that he'll pr probably get back sooner. Um, I was even stating he may be back if they had a long run into the playoffs, he may even be back. But because I'm reminded of the Jack Youngbloods who played on a broken ankle, I'm reminded of others. I believe, think T.O. had a, a, a groin pull or a muscle strain or something before, and he played in the World Series. So, but but these guys... They know their bodies. They did well. Speaking of knowing his body, did you see his reaction actually during the time that he, real time, when he had the ankle, he just called for the trainer to come on out immediately. And, and, and later on, he did break down. So he probably didn't feel pain immediately. Pain came on after the fact. And then you're staring at it. Shock can set in. So the reason they had to do surgery immediately, because you wanted to avoid the Alex Smith, that you don't have any major arteries uh, disruption that you can still uh, preserve, save before we get to a, a point where you have to amputate. So everything had to be done immediately. The bone can sever arteries, uh, veins, uh, blood supply to the area. So they had to get, thank goodness for immediacy, the uh, field staff, medical staff to take care of him uh, right on time. So devastating for Dak because he was having such a, a great uh, year and devastating for the Cowboys. However, they do have a, a bona fide backup. He's, he's good. He's not Colin Kaepernick, but he's, uh, he's, he's been um, the Red Rocket. <laughs> I know you have some, some thoughts on Colin Kaepernick, but they have a very serviceable backup. All they have to do now as the Cowboy fans out there, just win games, don't turn the ball over. And that, that's their bugaboo is turning the ball over and giving up too many points on defense. Their defense hasn't shown up yet for 2020. That's interesting. I mean, you're right. The, the good thing for the Cowboys, the NFC East is a hot mess. Uh, 
what <laughs> two wins is first place and everyone still has a below 500 record but it is a it was a great pickup uh to get andy uh, dalton as the backup quarterback uh, who would have stopped that uh dak was going to get hurt but even with that I- i'm still curious on why it took so long for him to get even considered for a long-term contract. I mean, you have some raggedy quarterbacks out there that got a lot of opportunities for long-term contracts. It seemed like they're just keep on playing around with Dak. And he was doing one for the team. All right, I'm going to do this for the team. I know the team's going to take care of me. You hear about that so many times where when a, when a player holds out, now everyone's crucifying the player for, oh, it's all about money and they're selfish. But now when management does it, it's this good business sense. But here it is. Again, you're betting on self. And Dak was betting on self. He's betting on the Cowboys to take care of me. I don't know what else they need. There's no one else since Tony Romo that has even been delivered back there that could that could even perform the job. So to have you a franchise quarterback, I'm still interested in people who say they don't like Dak. I don't understand why. He's still putting up the numbers. He can't control the defense if they're going to give up more points than he's able to score. But when you're still putting up 300, 400, 500 yards, I mean, come on. So it's very unfortunate to see what he's got had to go through for the year and what he's going to go through for the next year. So, I mean, as a physical therapist, I know you hit it a little bit. Uh, do you see any long-term implications of recovering? Would it be a full recovery, or is it just more mental than physical at that point? Initially, it's going to be a lot of mental. Uh, but the, the, the rehab will be – about balance and about uh, fast twitch muscles, getting everything back and, and getting his base under him. And for a quarterback, you got to have those, those good base to be able to do what you do effectively, whether you're moving within the pocket or even make, uh, preparing for the that next hit, bracing yourself and or delivering, getting off on that, that, I think it's his right ankle, getting off and pushing off and being able to get that thrust. And so first of all, it's going to be, uh, the mental aspect once he does become healthy enough to get on the field. I, I have no doubt that the physical part is going to be done uh, where you have the Alex Smith who had uh, a risk of losing his leg that I believe Zach, uh, excuse me, Dak will be able to come back and be just as strong as ever. I had an Achilles tendon tear. First time I ever had a significant injury. They repaired me and the, the ankle was just as strong and as, as fast uh, I didn't lose any speed or strength. And so, again, modern medicine is is to include hyperbarics uh, chamber. So he will come back and come back strong. I believe he's going to beat that five to six month window. That's what I believe with, with, with the technology that's out there. And be careful, you Dallas fans, about who you're listening to and who's saying the timeline and what timeline is out there, because it is a negotiating ploy. Ooh. That's good. That's good. I'll be interested to see how that how that uh, leads out uh, because uh, hitting that point of the negotiation pool, I didn't think about that part. But it is true. Okay, now you go into your last year franchise. You want me to be franchise, or I want to opt in to be a free agent. So it will be interesting to see that again. It's hard to watch what had happened to him because he had a, such a promising year. He had such a promising career so far. So I expect him to come back like as based upon your expertise a full recovery and just get over that mental hurdle. But again, to kudos to modern medicine that he can definitely uh, put in some uh, solid work and contributions moving forward. You heard earlier in the year, Dak's brother was talking about he's fed up, tired of this stuff. They, they should have paid uh, Dak long time ago. So Dak really has, you, i.e. Kawhi Leonard. We still don't know what happened to Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs, why he was hiding in the hotel room. I can see that resembling and coming, starting all over and happening again 
for that. Why come back? You show no loyalty to me. Why should I show any loyalty to you? Jerry Jones, pay Dak. Pay him. Pay the man. I tell you what, because if they don't, there's enough teams out there that need a solid quarterback that'll snatch him up next year. So show me the money. That's what he used to say back in the day. Show me the money. Well, it's amazing how fast time has passed. Our time is now up. I want to thank you all for tuning in to taking it to the house. I want to remind you all to vote, vote, vote. Early voting has started. This is important to make sure your voice is heard. Please hit us up on Twitter, taking it to the house, and we'll be more than happy to entertain your comments. And, hey, we may even feature you on our next episode. So thank you again. Any final comments? Yes. Rest in peace, Joe Morgan. Cincinnati Reds, second baseman, Hall of Famer. Uh, the engine that made the uh, big red machine run with the Pete Roses, the Tony Perez's, and the Ken Griffith Sr. on that team. And then to the tennis fans out there, for those of you who think that we're only into baseball, football, and basketball, tennis as well, uh, Rafael Nadal, champion of the French Open. So congratulations to you, Rafael Nadal. We want to highlight all great and good that's going on in sports, and you heard it here and taking it to the house.